Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Good, everybody. Welcome to episode 35 of The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation, and with me, as always, unfortunately, is RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. Que onda, Stats? What's going on, man? I hope your day is going well. Hope everybody's day is going well. Certainly want to encourage everybody to subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. Leave a rating, write a review, because if you do, we promise we will read them all. Stats, I have two new reviews for you today. You want me to go in chronological order or the order that you prefer? Uh, chronological order. All right. We will start with Brendan F. Martin, who left a five-star review titled Well-Rounded Show. Thank you all for keeping us all entertained and informed through this tough offseason. Go birds. No wonder it's a tough offseason. Uh, second one <laughs> comes to us from Rich Bobby. Uh, I The title's a little too long uh, for like Apple to organize it, but I think it's the reason I know anything about the 31 teams. Uh, five-star review reads, you guys nailed it with the run-up to this year's draft, during the draft, and now after the draft. The off-day debrief today with BLG, Stats, and RJ was all caps fantastic, huh? And yeah. said that about the off day to brief before when you know I wasn't there. But anyway, everyone on the platform is great. Please send Kissed a kiss and hug from the city of Philadelphia. Look at that, Kiss. Congratulations. Thank you, Rich Bobby. Yeah, again, Rich Bobby never thought the oddcast was fantastic before I showed up. But you know, it is what it is. Hey, you know. First of all, it's off day debrief, not off day debrief. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. Okay, that's fine. If you you phonetically view things differently than I do, and I'm okay with that. So we have a lot to do today. <laughs> I'm just going to move past your phonetic lesson. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is causing all sorts of problems in Green Bay again, continually. We're going to talk about that. We're going to go to Denver and talk to Lori Lattimore Volkman because the Broncos seemingly are the favorite to land Aaron Rodgers. They definitely need a quarterback. So I'm going to get her take on what's going on there, what the Broncos fans are hopeful, and are they really going into a season with Drew Locke and Teddy freaking Bridgewater? And then after that, we're going to talk questionable quarterback situations because there are a bunch of them around the league. Things could get sticky for a lot of teams, RJ, depending on how things shake out. These are wild times and specifically wild times for the Green Bay Packers. Like, that's what's weird. Like, almost every other team in the NFL, just because the draft is over, feels like accomplished, right? And feels like, okay, let's let's lock the door, turn off the lights, and let's head out for June and July and enjoy our vacations, and we'll all come back and we'll get to work in August. Whereas the Packers are like, holy crap, what do we do? Um, just, you know, a real, you hate to see it as a Cowboys fan. Hate to see the Green Bay Packers struggling. Well, let's go to Denver now to discuss the Aaron Rodgers situation, all the rumors that are swirling. Let's talk to Lori Lattimore Volkman, writer, editor, and sometimes Twitter ninja for Mile High Report. Lori, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Lori, I think ninja is an appropriate term, uh, <laughs> given that the Denver Broncos sniped the Dallas Cowboys from Patrick Sertan. Um, also, as a peek behind the curtain, uh, the software that we're recording this particular episode on, Rob and I can see each other, but we cannot see Lori. So she truly is operating in the darkness like a ninja would. <laughs> That's how I am. That's true. I didn't realize that, RJ, but props to Lori for that. Okay. <laughs> so I went on this show earlier this week and crushed the Denver Broncos for not taking Justin Fields. I absolutely hammered them. And I know that there is a chance that they wind up with Aaron Rodgers. There were all sorts of rumors swirling before the draft. If you had to put a percentage on it right now, what do you think the chances are that the Broncos ninja the NFL world and end up with Aaron Rodgers? Ooh, I'm going to go big and say 80%. <laughs> That's really confident. Um, I feel like, um, so 
Lori, I feel like it's probably well discussed among Mile High Report readers um, and community members that this has not been a team that's good at evaluating quarterbacks, especially in the draft <laughs> cycle. Um, so, like, does this 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 kind of feels like a, like a get out of jail free card that has landed in John Elway's lap, so to speak, kind of like Peyton Manning did now what n- nine years ago? I mean, it feels like that's his move, like just get lucky and then use his own legend to court whatever player is suddenly available in free agency or in this case via trade. Yeah, well, I mean, it is George Payton now, too. So even though John Elway is still there, George Payton is the GM and by all accounts is really driving the ship. But I think John Elway has some influence. He apparently had influence on evaluating the quarterback. So I think that that tells you why we didn't take Justin Fields, perhaps, in the first round. Um, But it definitely would be a John Elway move to get the the superstar elite quarterback on his, you know, on his last leg perhaps in the NFL and help try to resurrect a team that's been terrible for five years. That's a hell of a gamble though, isn't it? I mean, if you don't get Aaron Rodgers, you're going into the season with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Luck. And I'm sorry, that stinks. I, well, Hey, I agree. And I think, you know, most Broncos fans agree. I, I actually don't think that they they were going into this with the gamble on Aaron Rodgers. Like I I don't know. It's it'll be really interesting when this all comes out exactly what went down on that, you know, on Thursday, the night that of the draft, and what, three hours before suddenly there's all these rumors that there could be a deal with the Broncos and Aaron Rodgers, and then that completely fell apart, or at least the the talk about it fell apart. So we don't really know what was happening or wasn't happening. But I think, I do think George Payton wasn't planning on a quarterback. Anyway, from what we know of all those quarterbacks, he liked Trey Lance. So if Trey Lance was gettable, i.e. the 49ers didn't take him, and maybe he would have traded up or probably figured he would fall also to nine like Justin Fields ended up doing, then he would have taken a quarterback. But from everything that we're hearing, he was never sold on Justin Fields. And we heard rumblings of that prior to Thursday night. Um, So I don't think he was, it was ever a plan for Aaron Rodgers. I think he's, he's ready to roll with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. And as the GM, he probably figures he has, he has some wiggle room, whereas Vic Fangio does not. You know, I mean, he, so he's going to have to make that work if we don't end up getting uh, Aaron Rodgers. And like you guys, I mean, and I think a lot of Broncos fans, I, I am, I am unsure, <laughs> very uncertain that that can work out positively for the Broncos. So, Lori, I feel like there are certain NFL teams that are kind of like cosmically aligned with one another. Um, And the the Broncos have an interesting cosmic relationship with the three teams that are involved here. Obviously, Justin Fields goes to Chicago and you've got the Kyle Orton, Jay Cutler kind of cosmic connection. Um, So now now you like forever have to watch him in Chicago and worry that, you know, that's the team that is ultimately benefiting from Justin Fields' career. Now the Panthers, the team that the Broncos being Super Bowl 50, obviously, are the team that sent Teddy Bridgewater, obviously, to Denver and the team that picked directly ahead of him. Also a team that passed on a quarterback in this particular draft and and ultimately, you know, wound up with the quarterback that the Broncos, you know, were connected to for a long time in the 2018 draft in Sam Darnold. And, you know, this is the quarterback, you know, that plays for the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers and a team, obviously, the Broncos have had Super Bowl success against as well. So, like, it just feels way too spooky, I guess is my point, like, uh, for it to just end flat. Like, there has to be this, like, <laughs> pomp and circumstance, like, big momentous ending to it. But I also feel like, I guess, kind of the status point, like, banking on Aaron Rodgers is is really just – if that's truly the plan, I mean, I guess I, I, I kind of like can talk myself into it because like what better plan is there than to like hope you get lucky? Like maybe the Broncos just, you know, they're broke and they want to hit the lotto. And like, I suppose that's not a worse plan than any other at this point. Yeah. Well, like I said, I no, I completely agree. I, I if if Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke are your plan, you know, you I, Broncos country really hopes that Aaron Rodgers is is that ninja plan that we don't see right now. (laughs) But 
I, and I, you know, who knows what really was talked about? It it seems like you know that it's clearly Aaron Rodgers is not happy. Clearly, the Broncos have have some opportunity that would be you know great for Aaron Rodgers. We have a young offense with a lot of talent. We have a defense that can really complement what he could do on offense. So it seems like a great situation. If it doesn't work out, I think both the Packers and the Broncos are going to be very sad in 2021. RJ, you just described a terrible plan. If you're broke, your plan can't be, well, I'll just win the lottery. Your plan has to be get a job and start earning some money. For a team that has used 10 quarterbacks since Peyton Manning (laughs) retired for a collective QBR of 44.4, which is the second worst in the league to say, well, we'll roll with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater and maybe Aaron Rodgers will fall into our lap. Oh, by the way, we got a GM that's just itching to get rid of the head coach because I didn't pick this guy and he's on his last leg. Like this is a terribly run situation right now in Denver. And if you're saying their plan is to hit the lottery, that's no plan at all. That's horrible. So <laughs> so my thought process is like if the end goal is like buy a house, right? Like that's the end goal here, like win the Super Bowl. The the fastest way to get there is to win the lottery if you're broke, right? Like sure, stats. And, and Lori, stats is a 49ers fan. So like you can do the like conventional <laughs> thing. You can go out and like job hunt and hand out your resume and do all the interviews and work your tail off and good for you stats. But that's not John Elway's like mode of operandi. Is it mode of operandi? Operandus? Whatever. Modus operandi. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, that's not John Elway's MO. Like he's all about like just hitting the lotto. Like that's that's like he, he plays the slots. You know what I mean? Like that's what John Elway has done successfully as the Broncos like overseer, college general manager, whatever you want. Lori, I'm fascinated that the most important aspect in all of this might just be the fact that Shailene Woodley lives in Boulder. Like, is that not amazing <laughs> that like the coincidence of that could completely change so many people's lives here? Yeah. Well, if you follow Broncos Reddit at all, you will, that connection is apparently very, very high. And you know, he was apparently, in Colorado the other day, but everyone's like, he, if he wanted to go to Boulder to see her, he would have just flown in directly to Boulder, but he flew to Centennial <laughs> and he's going to go, he's going to stop by Dove Valley first. It's like, oh my gosh, the, the rumor machine is on fire. But again, George Payton's MO is different than John Elway's MO. I, I mean, I think most of us in, in Broncos country are just hoping that the plan does involve Aaron Rodgers, but it's not just a hope, you know, it's not just hitting the lottery. It's like having done some, there's a deal going on or we're waiting till June 2nd or like there's, there's more than just hope that he's going to land here. There's actual action in place to make it happen. Um, And so who knows, but I mean, no, it is not a plan to win with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. <laughs> that's, just, that's not. So, Lori, <laughs> I have a question. Um, as, as a Cowboys fan, I obviously hate Aaron Rodgers. Um, <laughs> but so, like, if if there was some conversation, right, like whatever hypothetical one we want to lay out, you know, Aaron spoke to George, Aaron spoke to John, Aaron spoke to Vaughn, Aaron spoke to whoever. (laughs) And like, that was the plan, right? Like the plan was put into motion. We're going to pass on Justin Fields. We're going to take Patrick Sertan because we're going to keep building this defense because we believe this is going to work out. And for whatever reason, or but an Aaron driven reason, say Aaron has a change of heart or Aaron suddenly prefers Vegas, which he's been linked to as well over the, the last week when all this has kind of been happening happening how like how much would you hate him like if he <laughs> if, if he drove that you know what I mean like if he is if he was like no I'm coming like you know plan for me and then he pulled the rug out from that like that would massively impact the Broncos for a long long time yeah oh go- goodness yes I mean I think I the love would go right to hate really quick I you know and then we'd be right back with being super mad that we didn't take Justin Fields I I, mean, I was angry. I, like I know at Mile High Report in our chat room, when it when Carolina didn't pick him, and and he's there, we're all like, 
oh my goodness. And then the Broncos took forever. I mean, they, they brought their time down to like 20 seconds left on the clock or something. And I think we all really hoped they were going to say Justin Fields, but I knew, I knew in the back of my head, I'm like, he's not going to do it. I know he's not. <laughs> and sure enough, it was Patrick Sertan. And I felt so bad for Sertan because he's a great talent. He deserved all kinds of fanfare, you know, for being picked and going to the NFL and all that. And he ends up going to a team where the fan base is like, what? <laughs> <laughs> why didn't you pick the other guy? And so I, I, you know, he's going to, he's going to be, I believe a generational quarterback. And that, so that's going to be great. But like you said at the beginning, if, if we watch Justin Fields thrive in, in Chicago, <laughs> it's just going to be a dagger in the heart of every Broncos fan. Like we did it again. You know, we're picking in the top 10 and we, we don't get a quarterback. We don't take a quarterback we could have taken and we're going to watch him, you know, go somewhere and be awesome. So let's say the stars align. Let's say <laughs> that Aaron Rodgers is having one of his good days and he says, I'm in, let's do this thing. And let's say he even goes to the Packers and convinces them that they have to trade him. What are you giving up to get Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> I joked on Twitter yesterday that I'd give up John Elway. <laughs> I would do that deal in a heartbeat. <laughs> I know. Um, that is an excellent question. I guess, um, I mean, I know there's talk that, well, what if, what if we took Sertan so that we can trade him um, because the, the Packers need a corner. They did take a corner in the, in the first round, but, you know, they didn't take Sertan. <laughs> they didn't get Sertan. So, and again, that would be, you know, momentarily, that would that would kind of be a little depressing because you always talk yourself into loving that first round draft pick. Right. And you get into it and the team just really promotes it. And then to trade him again, I, I feel like for him, he'd just be like, what just happened to my NFL career? I had, you know, like this shouldn't have been how it went down for me. But I I'm sure it would be, uh, you know, we'd give up. We'd have to give up bunch of draft picks which I think would be worth it um for you know for the next couple of years and I think we'd probably have to give up a veteran I, I always I'm always so it's hard for me to say which ones I would be okay giving up but I'm at the point after five years of just crap football that <laughs> you know practically I other than like just giving away the whole defense I'd give away some some top players so that we can have a quarterback because we've we've learned the hard way what most teams seem to already know if you cannot have a good quarterback it almost doesn't matter what else you have you can't win would you give up what the 49ers gave up to move to number three which is three first round picks and a third yes i would wow no hesitation there <laughs> to me i don't mind giving up draft picks a little in this situation as much as I would mind giving up great players, because part of what makes the whole deal with Aaron Rodgers good for us is that we have all these things in place, except the quarterback. So if we send off even Von Miller, who's obviously not going to be playing forever, we just gave up, you know, hall of fame edge rushing talent. That is part of the reason our defense is so good. So that would be terrible. Um, so I would give up that gamble that you always take in the draft. And I know, you know, it'd be hard. Three firsts is definitely, you know, a haul. And, but I think if I'm the Packers, that's a great deal. You know, get, they, they should give up Aaron Rodgers. He's, he's angry. He, you, you already drafted apparently his replacement last year anyway. So, you know, get three firsts and send Aaron Rodgers off to finish his career happy and you end up, in a great spot to build your team for the next couple of years anyway. Lori, my last one is, um, you, I, as I know you, you're a really bright, sunny, optimistic person. And so <laughs> I really hate to like bring this downer of a, like, Here we go. I, I don't know if it's a reality or a hypothetical, <laughs> but so like Teddy Bridgewater is like a big linchpin in all this. And the fact that the Bronx are seemingly a big linchpin, um, maybe Drew Locke is a bigger one, but like it would, <laughs> it would terrify me beyond my core. If I was a Broncos fan, that the Panthers are the team who gave the Broncos Teddy Bridgewater and said, we're good. And, and, and didn't draft a quarterback in their own right. 
right before the Broncos. Like that's like that's a really terrifying proposition to me. Um, that that they viewed themselves as fine without him, and that the Broncos might view themselves as totally great because of him. That's a really really wild <laughs> cause and effect for for two teams that were back to back in the draft that both incidentally wound up taking corners as opposed to Justin Fields. I so are you are you saying that maybe the Panthers are going to be in on the the Rogers sweepstakes and they're going to take him? Instead no, of us? I'm just saying like the Panthers were like, we're fine and we don't even need a quarterback. Like we're so great at quarterback that <laughs> we're not going to draft one and we don't even need Teddy. Whereas the Broncos like we're like, well, now that we have Teddy, we definitely don't need to draft a quarterback. Like that's what it looks like on paper. And so like it's just like I'm saying it. it I, I like the weird cosmic connection. It goes back to that like weird relationship now between the Broncos and the Panthers. Um, And so like that. And now Teddy Bridgewater is like a part of like and, and like a lot of what ifs follow Teddy Bridgewater in NFL history. And so like, yeah. I I'm terrified for your sake that like, there's going to be this huge, what if surrounding Teddy Bridgewater's time in Denver. So we got Patrick Satan and you're terrified for, for the Broncos now, right? <laughs> you, you, you're, you're feeling so bad for us. Well, so I don't think, I don't think the Broncos look at Teddy Bridgewater as the savior. I, I actually think, and I don't know that this is any better. I think they believe Teddy Bridgewater is going to push Drew Locke to be <sighs> a good, <laughs> a good quarterback. I know. Hey, you're preaching to the choir over there, stats. I'm like, it, we're all like, no, no. I mean, Bridgewater, and we got him cheap. And so, as a, if you looked at the other quarterbacks we had, he's definitely a far better backup than Driscoll or Brett Rippon. But, um. And I know that George Payton has a connection with him because he was at Minnesota when Bridgewater was there and, and, you know, led the team to the playoffs, but clearly that has not been his trajectory the last however many years. So I think they kept saying they were going to bring in a veteran to push Drew Locke. I've always thought that was ridiculous, but mostly because like, I don't know if you're in the NFL and you can't be pushed because you might lose your job, then what are you doing? (laughs) So, um, so anyway, my point is, I don't think they're looking at Teddy Bridgewater as the savior to the quarterback room, other than they think that will help Drew Locke. I think both of those options are bad. So I'm really crossing my fingers that, <laughs> that Aaron Rodgers is part of our team, because without that, we're going to look at a really great defense that's going to, you know, be in the same boat it was last year, where it's doing its best, but the offense can't go anywhere. And so it just gets wasted. The Broncos are either going to be the third best team in the AFC West or possible Super Bowl champion, depending on what happens with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Lori Lattimore Volkman from Mile High Report. Thank you very much for the time. Thank you, guys. It was great to be on. All right, RJ. I know the world is revolving around Aaron Rodgers, but there are other quarterback situations, and we want to talk about some of the other potentially sticky things going on around the league. So when we come back from break, we're going to look at some situations that may get a little hairy pretty fast for NFL teams. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge... That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We're back here on the SB Nation NFL show. All right, RJ, aside from Green Bay, what do you think is the potentially stickiest, most questionable quarterback situation in the NFL? Well, Stats, I tweeted about this on Wednesday. Uh, Did you know? I don't know if they're the first, but at least as of now, Cam Newton and Mac Jones are the latest pair of quarterback teammates in the NFL whose first names are each other's backwards. Did you know this? I did not know this. That's right. Cam and Mac. Um, I also, I hope, I'm hopeful that people start calling Mac Jones the Big Mac. Like, I'm hopeful that some sort of like (laughs) partnership happens there. Um, I know that there are a lot of other like sexier quarterback sticky situations uh, maybe to look at, but this is one where like I I am sort of of the mindset that Cam has a bounce back here this season. Um, especially like obviously he was heavily impacted by COVID last year, obviously had the very weird off season, obviously didn't have all of the weapons that New England went out and got this off season. And so I'm fascinated to see if he is the immediate starter and has a lot of success. I'm not saying 2015 Cam Newton style, but if he is moderately successful, what happens there? Uh, just because this is the Patriots and it's so hard to peg anything they're going to do. First of all, as a non-Patriot fan, I'm just enjoying the fact that New England, after 20 years, is going to be dragged down into the same quarterback muck that has affected pretty much every team in the NFL at one point or another. So I'm just going to enjoy that and revel in the fact that whoever starts week one, and I'm assuming it's going to be Cam right now, the second he starts to struggle, the torches and pitchforks will be out. And people in New England will be calling for a quarterback change. And I'm just going to enjoy that because that hasn't affected the Patriots since they took Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, they've been living on easy street. Um, But I I think, like, Mac is going to struggle. Is he not early on in his career? And then what do you do? Like, if you bring in Mac for Cam and he plays poorly, what happens? So I think you have to go with Cam first because of that situation. And if Cam isn't good, you bring in Mac and you say, we're riding with Mac the rest of the way because you you don't want to have that herky-jerky. He's in, he's out. Like that's To me, that's no good. So you start with Cam and you transition to Mac if necessary, and they're going to have to get this thing right, RJ. Look at the Patriots' schedule. Every game in the AFC East is not going to be easy like it has been for them. They're going to have some tough games, obviously, with, with the Bills, the Dolphins, even the Jets may be better at least than last year. They got to play the Titans. They got to play Bucks and Tom Brady, obviously, the Browns, the Colts, the Chargers. Even their 17th game, I think, is against your Dallas Cowboys, right? Like, the schedule is tough for New England. They can't just sort of figure it out at quarterback. They need actual good production from that spot. I firmly believe, by the way, that New England will beat them um, just because that happens. You know what I mean? Like, didn't Peyton – or no, Peyton Manning won his first game against Indianapolis, but he lost the more important one, which was the playoff game in the 2014 divisional round. Um, so just – that's a, a separate prediction aside. Um, I mean, I don't know. That's I, I still, like – that's the first-round quarterback I'm least confident will get on the field, like, early on. Um, just, again, like, I, I, because I, I have more faith in Cam than I do Jimmy Garoppolo, than I do Andy Dalton. Um, obviously than I do anybody associated with the Jaguars or the Jets. Um, and so it is what it is. Like, that's like, I, I guess stats, Jimmy Garoppolo, like Jimmy, like, I, I'm not saying that you're like, oh, a lot of teams want Jimmy G, but you've talked about before, like the Niners could move him. Who could possibly want Jimmy Garoppolo right now? And I know Teddy Bridgewater just got traded, but he didn't have the, you know, contract coming with him that Jimmy does. I mean, like, I don't think that that's a close competition. Although I do kind of buy, a little bit that the 49ers are going to play him week one, which is a disaster. You said actually on the off day debrief that Rich Bobby loved that that would be a failure or off day debrief, excuse me. Um, and so, right, whatever. Anyway, debrief, <laughs> whatever. Debrief. Anyway, um, I think of all of all rookie quarterbacks, that's the biggest failure. If, if, if he's not starting week one of all the proverbial rookie quarterbacks right now, like, I don't think it's a big failure if Mac Jones isn't starting week one. I don't think it's a huge failure if Justin Fields is not. But I do think it's a galactic failure if Trey Lance is not. Oh, I think it's a galactic failure if Justin Fields isn't either. 
because of what they have. At least with Jimmy Garoppolo, you could argue the team has had success with him when he's been healthy and played. What success have anybody on the Bears had? You know, their quarterbacks. Uh, But they've never had Andy Dalton before. Stats, hello, different thing. I mean, I guess you could argue Nick Foles, but that was a pretty limited window. You know, he didn't play every game that year they went to the Super Bowl. I just, to me, it's a galactic failure. If both of those guys are not on the field week one, you got to go with the rookies. You go with the with the players that you took in the first round when your other alternatives are Jimmy Garoppolo, who's missed 53% of his starts when he's been with the 49ers, or Andy Dalton, who, I mean, he's Andy friggin' Dalton. Like, there's enough said there. It's different with the Patriots. At least Cam Newton's had an MVP year. And I agree for the reasons you said earlier, there's a lot of reason to believe that he's going to bounce back this year and be much better than he was last year. So to me, the New England is the only spot with a first-round rookie quarterback where they could justify not starting him right out of the gate. And I think that Cam also will play, I think we both just kind of said, will play the best. Like if I had to bet on 2021 Cam Newton or Jimmy Garoppolo or Andy Dalton or even Nick Foles, um, I would obviously take Cam above, you know, the rest. And a lot of that is is the talent that New England acquired. A lot of that's Bill Belichick, but a lot of it is just Cam. Um, and so, you know, that is what it is. Um, what about stats? Philadelphia. This, this is one that we had on the list that I'm very intrigued by. Um, Joe Flacco. I guess is under the like ruse that, that he <laughs> um, is in line or in, in, in contention to be the Philadelphia Eagles starting quarterback. If I set the over under at one and a half games started by Joe Flacco in 2021, what would you take? I'm going to take the under. And the only reason I'm taking that is because of that report we got before the draft that Jeffrey Lurie owner of the Eagles supposedly said do everything you can to make Jalen Hurts successful this year. Because there was talk about whether they were going to get a quarterback and what they were going to do. And reportedly, Lurie said that Hurts is going to be the guy. So to me, if they're sticking with that, then he's going to start every game because they have so much extra draft capital in Philly that they need to figure out. This is this whole year is about whether or not Jalen Hurts can be a viable starting quarterback. So there's no reason to bench him because you want – you know, as much data as possible in that area. So you play them the whole way and then you make your decision after the season. So my question then is, um, and maybe this isn't like the biggest deal, but do you remember the report originally earlier this off season that teams were interested in trading for Chase Daniel to be like a veteran backup, like a mentor to their, you know, young quarterbacks, whatever that, that stupid report or whatever that came out. <laughs> so, but like my point is there are some quarterbacks that are viewed as like more friendly to the, you know, incumbent starter, right? Like in this case, Jalen Hurst. Joe Flacco is the opposite of that sort of paradigm, right? And so why bring that in? Like that that's a really volatile factor to bring in. Like this is somebody who very, very infamously was not thrilled with the Lamar Jackson pick in Baltimore for reasons that um like played themselves out literally. <laughs> like Lamar literally took his job, which was <laughs> obvious. But um but so my point is like Joe Joe is under the impression that Joe has still got it. You know what I mean? And so that's a weird injection um, into this quarterback situation. Now, Jalen Hurts dealt with Carson Wentz. So, like, I mean, I don't think he's above dealing with any sort of egomaniac. But, um, I mean, that's all I'm saying is, like, if that truly is the intention or the plan, like, do everything you can to set him up, that's a weird step to take in that capacity. I agree that that is not the most, like, mentor-mentee situation around the league. Uh, maybe Joe didn't have any other options. I don't know. But yeah, you're right. I mean, that is a key part of Hertz development is who's going to be in that quarterback room with him. And if Flacco's not all in on helping him out, then you're right. You're not doing everything you can to maximize Jalen Hurts this year and in the future. Where's Josh McCown when you need him, right? Well, yeah, Josh McCown's interviewing for the Texans head coach job. You know, uh, he's he's a little bit too busy to be to be playing right now. Um, but so that one did intrigue me. Um, I do. I am excited about a lot of these. We mentioned Fields and Dalton, and I guess you kind of convinced me that I do think it's a huge failure if he isn't starting. Um, I think it's a huge failure. It's a different situation, but if to, like I'm not saying if Tua doesn't work out, but like it almost feels like like the Dolphins are already prepared for it, you know, like, for, like versus Jalen Hurts. Like it does feel like the Eagles are not all in, but like the Eagles are like, okay, Jalen, 
2021 is your shot. We're setting you up nicely, say, for the Joe Flacco move. But it feels like the Dolphins already have one foot out onto it. Like, I, am I? Do you feel that way? Like, they like they don't they don't seem like all in and ready to commit. Right, and I think it's because of how Brian Flores kind of handled things last year, right? Like they started off doing the right thing. They were winning games with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but they said, Hey, we drafted this guy. We think he's ready. Now we want to see what we have. We're benching Fitzpatrick and we're going with Tua. Cool. Like that's understandable. You could see that happening. That's happened around the league before, but then Brian Flores starts pulling him out of games and putting Ryan Fitzpatrick back in they have never really seemed like they've embraced them. They certainly haven't sent a clear, consistent message. And so, yeah, I think it's only natural to assume, hey, they sort of are not all in with this guy, and maybe they're going to be looking for a quarterback again next year. I think they've done that to themselves. Yeah, I mean, it's a self-induced problem in a lot of capacities, which is really funny given that like this was the this was the one player that everybody thought they were tanking for a couple of years ago, and That's now true. now he's like the fifty third dude in on their in their <laughs> on their team in a lot of senses, but. Um, I don't know. Like that's another one. Like Jacoby Brissett is a really abled backup, and so I just I I wouldn't invite that. Like I'm I, I can talk myself into both like you know hypotheticals, but like I don't like having. Uh, the backup that's like, man, that like the fringe starter in the NFL, if you have a shaky quarterback situation, because like, then you've got a lot of people who are like, well, I think like, as an example, last year, a lot of Cowboys fans, you know, misguided ones, I, I should say, were like, man, I wouldn't even pay that because Andy Dalton can come in with this <laughs> offense and like play really well. And like, those are the stupid comments you have to deal with when you bring in a quarterback like Jacoby Brissett. Like, because now people are saying, man, Jalen Waddle, like, you know, this offense is ready to roll. Like, I'm telling you, man, we don't have to go in onto it. Like, we'll just play Jacoby Brissett and it'll be awesome. And this defense is secondary. Like, and then you deal with all those silly comments and it's stupid. It's dumb. I agree. Um, the bat, what do they say? The most popular guy in any team is always the backup quarterback. So Jimmy Garoppolo is the most popular guy on the 49ers. You're saying, wow, he might be, (laughs) he might be. Well, I think maybe George Kittle, but I mean, apparently a lot of the dudes like Jimmy Garoppolo. He seems to be a good guy, but, um, let's not talk about the 49ers right now. Let's stay in the NFC though. I want to go to new Orleans and here's the trouble I see with new Orleans. Mm. The two guys that they're choosing between are Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. I don't think there's a massive difference between either one of those guys. And the problem with that is I feel like that's going to tempt the Saints to continue to flip-flop them because they're always going to think like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe if we put him in, it'll be good. As opposed to like, at least with the Joe Flacco, Jalen Hurts situation, Jalen Hurts is the young guy. He's the guy you took early in the draft. Like you think he's going to be the guy. There's a difference there between him and Flacco as opposed to this New Orleans situation where it's like, yeah, maybe either one. Like I don't, I can't pick a clear winner on who should have the job right out of camp. And I think that's trouble. Yeah, it does have some sort of like early Roger Staubach, Craig Morton vibes. Like for anyone who doesn't know. <laughs> a Tom topical Land- reference. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Tom Landry literally rotated them by series and sometimes by plays during the 1971 season. Although the Cowboys did wind up winning the Super Bowl. Also, Disney World opened that year stats. But um, yeah, you know, I heard Sean Payton on the Rich Eisen show on Wednesday and obviously, he was asked about the quarterback situation and mentioned Jamison Taysom. He also said he really likes what Trevor Simeon has to offer. Um, and he said, I still view Trevor Simeon as a young player. Uh, so, like, don't discount that wild card and don't discount Ian Book, uh, their fourth round selection. Um, I don't mind that pick. Like, I, I do think that's like dart throwing territory when it comes to quarterbacks. But yeah, like, it is, it is truly a game of musical chairs. Uh, in New Orleans and like we've talked so much about hubris like so much overall this offseason but like it is really apparent it's really apparent with gold helmeted teams I have found like if you've <laughs> if you've got a gold hat like you let it go to your head no pun intended um, and you really really kind of start to buy into yourself and so yeah like this the Taysom thing is I, I actually think it's fair to say you know what let's give this season to Jameis Winston because he is still young there's a lot you know to like in terms of like his projection coming out of college and into the NFL. So it's fair to say maybe maybe you are like uncovering this gem potentially that like that that's not the worst plan I've ever heard. Taysom is among the worst plans I've ever heard. No, well, here's my argument for Taysom and I hate Taysom Hill, but now you're making me argue for him. We don't know what he is as a quarterback because we've never seen it. We have never seen what he can do given a full season under center. 
at least there's some mystery there. I have already opened the Jameis Winston package, RJ. I know what it is. You know what's in that box when you take off the wrapping paper? A turnover. That's all it is. It looks pretty when it's traveling in the air, but it's landing in the hands of the other team. That's what Jameis Winston does. How many times do we need to see him do that before we just say, yeah, he's really physically talented, but he's just not a good starting quarterback? I need, to see, Taysom. I need to see him do it in New Orleans with Sean Payton after LASIK. You know That's what, I mean? what like, every coach says. I can fix him. I'm going to be the guy to turn him around. This every is, coach he's ever had says that. This is only his first stop since Tampa, right? Like if if he was like Trevor Simeon, for example, where he bounced around a little bit, like I would buy what you're saying. You know what I mean? But like I am curious. Like it is, it is a, a product, obviously, we know and like something that doesn't have a great history, but like there, it, like Sean Payton, as much as you hate him, is one of the greater offensive minds in the NFL, certainly one of the greater offensive minds over the last quarter century. And so, like, it's fair to say, you know what, this dude might be able to pull this off. I'm interested to see if he ultimately does. But why wouldn't you want to pair that offensive mind with a guy who has some crazy physical skills in Taysom Hill? Because I think that Taysom is like like a Mustang, you know what I mean? Like, fine. Like Taysom is a Mustang, has a lot of potential, you know, whatever as a vehicle, but Sean Payton is like a world-class driver. Jameis is like a Lamborghini, like potentially, like in terms of like athletically, fundamentally, you know, his past is just a football player in general. And so like, it's, but it's, it's a Lamborghini that's like got some problems, right? Like it's, it's a Lamborghini Lamb- on ice is what it is. Yeah. But I, this is a elite driver. You know what I mean? So like, I want to give him the better vehicle. You know what I mean? Like, because I trust his skills as a driver. And so, yeah, like I want to give him the better equipment, the better vehicle, because I think he can ultimately pull off the better product with that. I think I think Taysom comes with a glass ceiling for Sean Payton, whereas Jameis, even if he does, and even if it is accompanied by a lot of turnovers, that is much higher. The floor is much lower, but Sean Payton is a swing for a guy like Sean Payton doesn't care what the floor is. He goes for the high ceiling. Sean Payton has said that he thinks Taysom Hill is the next Steve Young. If yeah, that's true. Then there should be no reason why he doesn't start Taysom Hill like that. But it's clear. But not to go back to the 49ers point, but like like we have have we not learned that like a lot of people lie. Right. Like so Kyle <laughs> Shanahan was lying through his teeth the whole draft process. So like I don't at all not believe that Sean Payton likes having Taysom Hill around. You know what I mean? So like maybe the reason he says this is to keep him around for his like special niche role. But it makes sense that he prefers Jameis Winston to be like QB1 in the conventional sense. Regardless of who they pick, you look at the Saints schedule for next year, RJ, and I don't, I mean, they're not going to have the better quarterback in a ton of these games. They got to play the Bucs twice, of course. Dallas, Buffalo, Green Bay, assuming Rodgers is still there, Seattle, even the Washington football team. I'm not sure they have the better quarterback in that matchup. The Giants game now is suddenly very tough for them. The Patriots game, like, it's going to be a slog for the Saints this year, regardless of who they pick at quarterback. Yeah, I think they're a heavy candidate for regression. That's why I think their draft was not great. I think they had to really outbid somebody to go get Justin Fields, per se. But, like, even, like, outside of that offensively, like, it's Michael Thomas and what? You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, as far as, well, I mean, but I'm talking like pass catching options, like, you know, and I mean, that's it. And like Michael Thomas was not super dependable last year. And Michael Thomas is also like, you talk about like opening a package, like what Michael Thomas are you going to get this week or that week or next week or whatever? Like he's somebody who like you could, I could very easily see, you know, fast forward a year where New Orleans is really bad, has a top five pick and Michael Thomas wants nothing to do with it. wants to get out because he wants an elite quarterback. And he's the Stefan Diggs of 2022. <laughs> Michael Thomas, by the way, you know how many touchdowns Michael Thomas had last year? He had less receiving than Dak Prescott, who had one. <laughs> now that <laughs> you were prepared for that. Something tells me that you have looked that up before. Yeah. Uh, so no big deal. Dak Prescott, better wide receiver in not even five games last season than Michael Thomas. Uh, before we go, we wanted to take a look at some of the available quarterbacks and kind of rank them. I'm going to say something crazy because I think if the Packers are going to want to repair this thing, a huge step would be to trade Jordan Love. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, who wants Jordan Love? We don't know what he is. I'm just going to point out, I think you could make the argument that it makes more sense to go with Jordan Love than it does to go with Trey Lance. 
what do people say about Trey Lance, right? He doesn't have experience and he's thrown, you know, less than 400 passes at the college level. At least if you want Jordan Love, you can say, look, the dude had over 1,100 pass attempts. He had three years at Utah State. He put up fantastic numbers. I mean, if you're just going on resume, Jordan Love has a lot more there than Trey Lance. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's crazy at all. Um, I think that like it feels crazier because we're a year removed from the draft hype, you know, surrounding Jordan Love. And right. there was there was no preseason. So like nobody has literally seen him for over a year at this point. Um, I mean, the, like think about the last time Jordan Love played like a legitimate football game. He had full attendance. You know what I mean? Like to put in perspective how long <laughs> it's been. Um, and so, I mean, I don't think that's crazy at all. Um, I think if if we're. I mean, he's not available, though, right? Like, he's he's the Packers quarterback or nobody's quarterback. So, like, if we're ranking available quarterbacks for, like, would-be teams, like, looking to go, like, trade for somebody, um, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is near the top of this list. Um, I don't think I would have put Teddy Bridgewater at the top of that list. I honestly think the best, quote-unquote, available quarterback right now is Drew Locke. Like, if I was a team in a pinch like the Minnesota Vikings were in 2016 because of the Teddy Bridgewater injury that, and people talk about the Laramie Tunsil domino effect. Teddy Bridgewater's injury has massively affected. I know uh, BLG wrote about this at SBNation.com a few years ago, but like that has massively affected a number of different NFL teams. Uh, But that being said, I, if I had to trade for somebody today, like, and it was again, among the people who are kind of on the bubble on their own team starters wise, I would trade for Drew Locke. And a lot of that is the financial side of it. Like he's, you know, still on his rookie contract, but I mean, that would, that would be the gamble. I would feel most comfortable taking Not that I'd be comfortable in general, but that's, that's the one I would hate the least. I think if you trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, you're going to have to rework the contract in some fashion, but what about Drew Locke other than money makes you think he's a better option? He's younger. I mean, and so like I'm I'm less convinced that he's fully who he is right now. You know what I mean? Like Jimmy Garoppolo is Venusaur at this point. Like he's the fully evolved version of his like base Pokemon and like Bulbasaur is the worst one. You know what I mean? So like that's who Jimmy Garoppolo is. But like Drew Locke is only at the Ivysaur stage. Like he hasn't evolved to that full third stage. He's younger in his NFL career. So like it's possible that his fully evolved state is better than what he is currently. Like I know what Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be like reworked contract or not. I mean, look, I bag on Kyle Shanahan a lot, but he is one of the brighter offensive minds in the NFL today. And so if he can't get it done there, like what's he going to look like in my offense where I don't have Kyle Shanahan. So that's why like Drew Locke is the gamble I'd be most comfortable taking. Um, Outside of that, I think the second best, like again, quote unquote, available quarterback. And maybe I actually prefer this over Drew Locke is Marcus Mariota. Like, I, I mean, and maybe the Raiders don't want to part with him, but like, and that's not a gamble I love, but it's it's a gamble I hate less than a lot of others. <laughs> Boy, that's not a that's not a sentence you want to be making when talking about trading for a starting quarterback. I mean, don't we know what Marcus Mariota is by now? Isn't he fully evolved? He's had twice as many starts as Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, but his fully evolved version is like individually like independent of coach or scheme or offense around him is much better than Jimmy Garoppolo. So like if I'm. Yeah, like if I'm the Broncos, I would much rather have Marcus Mariota than Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke. You know what I mean? Like Marcus's individual athleticism is enviable in some senses. Like it, it collapses in a lot of ways, but like <laughs> I I would not mind that. Like again, if, if we're we're up against a wall here, you know what I mean? And so like I I like that. What other options are better? Like of would-be available guys, who is a better fit that you would rather go acquire? For your hypothetical team, of course. I mean, I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is the best available quarterback. The best year Jimmy Garoppolo's ever had. He put up over 3,900 yards through 27 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. The best year that Marcus Mariota's ever had, he put up 3,400 yards with 26 touchdowns and nine interceptions. To me, plus you've got Garoppolo has more playoff experience than Marcus Mariota. To me, I think Jimmy is the best option, again, assuming you can redo the contract. Again, while all that's true, Jimmy Garoppolo's best season came at the hands of one of the greater offensive minds in the NFL currently with an offensive cast around him that is enviable. Um, 
like hypothetical team X, I know we don't know what team it is, but like probably doesn't have either of those qualities. And what's more is like the fact that the Patriots didn't trade for Jimmy Garoppolo is also like a demerit against Jimmy Garoppolo. You know what I mean? Because it's like, okay, so one of the brighter minds in the NFL currently doesn't even want him. And the greatest mind of all time, offensively or defensively, like doesn't want to bring him back, has already seen enough and is content moving on with Mac Jones, who a lot of people also hate. You know what I mean? So like Well, but Mac is a lot cheaper than Jimmy. Right. For a lot longer. And that and also younger, and that's fair too. But that like that's my point. Like there's an, there are enough people who are like Venusaur, no thanks. You know what I mean? And so that's why I don't want anything to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. Plus, Jimmy has like, I don't know what what like how to term this, but he has a little bit of like of a, of a Tim Tebow quality in that whoever brings him in immediately has to deal with all of these questions and all of this like stuff because he's so famous and he's Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan didn't want him. Marcus wouldn't have that. Marcus is a lot more quiet, a lot more reserved um, in nature, obviously just originally, but just like his overall presence and aura. So I'd rather roll the dice there, especially, you know, against Jimmy Garoppolo. Of all people. Jimmy's not even in my like top five of available quarterbacks right now. How much better would you feel about the Broncos, by the way, if they had Jimmy Garoppolo or Marcus Mariota? Like, I would feel better about their quarterback situation if they had either one of those guys. I would feel better with Mariota. I would feel about the same with Jimmy Garoppolo, honestly. He doesn't move the needle for me at all. Okay, but you just said he was good in San Francisco because he had a good defense and good offensive weapons. That's exactly what the Broncos have. Yeah, but he doesn't have Kyle Shanahan. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the problem. And, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy doesn't have, like, a lot of arm strength, so he can't even capitalize on the altitude. You know what I mean? So, like, why well, do I That's what he needs. He needs less resistance. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I don't want anything to do with that. Like, Denver's already had, in recent memory, a quarterback with a lame duck arm. So, like, don't, you know, let's not put Laurie through that again. You know what I mean? She's already seen enough. Wait a minute. The quarterback with the lame duck arm went to two Super Bowls and won one. Yeah, he was carried to the one he won. We we can all admit that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but then the one he didn't win, he set the record for most yards and touchdowns any quarterback's ever had in a season ever. Yeah, that's fine. But I just, <laughs> I mean, I, and if I was the Broncos, I would trade for Andy Dalton. You know what I mean? Like, just do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like yeah, no. that, that, I would have rather traded for Andy Dalton than Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, honestly. but I don't want either one. Sure, but like we're not there aren't these aren't great options, you know. <laughs> like this is this is a, a tough spot to be in. And so like we're talking about the best available quarterbacks. And I honestly think if the Bears don't trade Andy Dalton, they're stupid. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like why are you gonna go through this? Like and like give Andy a shot elsewhere. Like Denver's not happening because they traded for Teddy Bridgewater, but um, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, if I was Denver, I would potentially call the Packers and say, Give me Jordan Love. I'll give you a fourth round pick. You give me Jordan Love, and I have solved your Aaron Rodgers problem. Mm, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. Not just a hat rack, my friend. Well, you would never put a hat on that great head of hair. I mean, let's well. be honest. All right, that's going to do it for this edition <laughs> of the Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. Thanks again to everybody that reviewed. Please keep them coming. They really do help us. They help people notice us and become aware of us. So keep them coming. We will read your comments on the show. RJ, thank you for double duty this week. It's always appreciated. One love. I had a great time. Shout out to Rich Bobby for the great review. Have a good one, everybody. Uh,